0: Hello, everybody. Tom and Keith with you and a reminder, uh, as we always do, that the Dunlap Champions Club should be on your must-see, must-do list. Perhaps it already is. And uh, to those of you who uh, have already purchased your tickets, we say thank you. But you should get on board. It's a great football experience. Your food is covered. Uh, you've got shades. You've got AC. It's, just a, it's a great social
1: experience, but it's a great way to watch the game. Dunlap Champions Club, very good to us because they bring you the Sunday edition of Front Row Knowles, uh, commercial-free, along with our main sponsors. Primarily Bank and hobson Chevrolet. And and I go back to your point. If, if you've not ever been there, you got to go at least once. You'll be hooked. A better way to do it might be to try the 3 game ticket
0: package uh, which includes Virginia Tech, Florida, or Clemson and then two of the other four remaining home games. But however you want to shake it down, uh it is an experience that, that that's worth enjoying to uh, take in Florida State football. That's the Dunlap Champions Club. Get on board 644-1830 the number to call. 644-1830 and without further ado, Front Row Knowles, First Look. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Front Row Knowles, First Look. Tom and KJ, as uh, we look back to what was a, a very tough loss for Florida State, Keith, we got a lot to unpack in this one. I'll start with uh, the fact that despite the obvious, which was that you blew a 27-7 to lead, I do think there's some positive steps and signs that we're seeing. But that said, you hate to, bl- to, to blow that kind of lead against your rival. Well, you
1: got to go back and think, where were we before kickoff? And I don't know about you, but I know where I was. And, and and my thought process was we're going to lose by two touchdowns. And I didn't want it to be worse than that. And that's what's so unusual and, and why we love college football so much is uh, after about the first 15 minutes, well, the first quarter, if you will, of that ball game, all of a sudden your perception goes to 180. You're going, now what can we do to score? What can we do to hang on? What can we do to defend them? And 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 you go from – I'll be happy if we don't lose by more than 10 to now I'm in a full scale rooting for a ball club, uh, for a team that was a vast underdog. And then you go all the way through that emotion. You give up those two quick turnovers in the third quarter, which we'll talk about. And you basically give Miami 14 points and, um, you wake up and look, look up and wake up and you, you've lost by one and you're, you're heartbroken and, and deservedly so the kids played their guts out, um, uh, you know, I, I thought it was a great ball game. Um, there were intrigue on both sides, uh, and there were big plays. Uh, and uh, it'll go down, you know, I think, is one of the classics. Doesn't have the national uh, ramifications that years past have, uh, but you could tell, and you you pointed out to me basically that the way Miami celebrated at the end of that ball game, it was very important to them. It's a big deal to them, and we talked with their. Play-by-play
0: voice Joe Zagacki this week. You know, for years we used to talk about Florida State used Miami as a measuring stick, and now Miami uses Florida State as a measuring stick. That's why it was a big deal to them. Uh, Focusing on the FSU side, uh, Keith, a lot of ways to go. When we get to the offensive side, we'll point out some of the reasons that you saw those turnovers. That clearly was the difference. Willie talked about it. We'll hear from him momentarily. Uh, Because it brought the crowd back into it. You had the crowd completely out of it. You were literally one play away from from finishing them and we thought that play was made and then we look back and there's a yellow flag there so Keith you and I have looked at a, a couple of replays on this I'm going to be uh, transparent here that I don't know the exact rule on whether a coach can challenge that or not or it has to be a booth initiated review but to me it looked like a pretty good play and it, it looked like It was sideways, lateral, horizontal, not forward, but the officials disagreed.
1: Well, let's think about a couple of things. First of all, any time you run the bubble screen, that wide screen, you're scared to death that you're going to overthrow it or in some way the receiver is not going to catch it and it's going to be ruled a lateral and the other team gets it. So you throw that screen in practice and in games for it to be a forward pass. So now you got to tell Francois and you got to tell uh, DJ. We got to make it look like it normally looks, but the ball's got to go backwards. Number two, uh, I did not believe the play was review- reviewable during the game, but I've been told afterward that it is. And then based on what media report, and we'll hear Willie in just a minute, um, that it was, to what degree, we don't know. And as a result, uh, I think everybody's mindset was that. It it looked like it was thrown backwards. I've gone back and looked at the play. We looked at it on the bus. We looked at it on the plane. Uh, I thought it was a forward pass. I thought it was the correct call. What a lot of people, I think, uh, will uh, argue with is, well, DJ's feet were behind the line. Well, it's not where the feet are. It's the flight of the ball. So Francois could throw it. Any way he wanted to, it didn't matter whether DJ caught the ball in front of him, behind him, or anything else. It's the flight of the ball. And, and I thought, if at a minimum, the call made on the field was that it was a forward pass, and you can't have two of those on one play. Everything I've looked at, there was not um, enough video evidence to overturn that. It just as unfortunate that it was such a great call at such a great time, and, and it was executed so well. And and Gavin was so open, and it goes back to your point, you were one play and you made the play, and then it got called back of maybe putting Miami away, and therefore that's the reason everybody, and I do mean everybody, is focusing on it and talking about it.
0: Well, let's listen to what Coach Taggart had to say about that and, and other things in light of this. This was his first go-around against Miami. I thought he and his staff put together a good plan. We'll talk about that more. This team has deficiencies. We'll talk about that again but uh, in this interview, and this is courtesy of Seminoles.com, where you can go for all your uh, coverage on, on uh, the tough loss to Miami, but everything Florida State, uh, Willie is, is certainly asked about the illegal forward pass, so let's take a listen.
2: Tough loss for our football team. Um, didn't finish the game in the second half. Uh, we, we did something that we, we knew we couldn't do, uh, which was turn the ball over. Uh, we we stressed that all week, not getting any turnovers. Um, we knew how this crowd would get if we turned the ball over. It would, not only is good for their football team, but to get the crowd back in, and we had took the crowd out, and second half we turned the ball over. They got the momentum, and uh, we didn't finish the game like we should have. But um, I thought we did some good things as a team. We didn't get what we wanted, which was this win, and um, this was going to hurt for us for a while. For so what ex- explanation did you get on that illegal four pass call? That he threw it in front of him. He threw it in front of him that he couldn't throw the ball. I thought it was good.
0: Can they review that, Leonard?
2: Yeah, they can. He said it wasn't. They didn't. um, He was in in front of them. It wasn't close enough. So did you ask for a review? Did they just say No, they looked up there. He told me that they're looking at it, and he said it's not. It
0: looks like it might
2: have been. I know. Trust me.
0: You were up 20. How disappointing
3: is it just not be able to close
2: that? out? I was very disappointed. We lost a game against a rival that we really wanted, and – Again our guys were playing well, uh, probably playing by far our best we played all year and then second half we just didn't we didn't finish again. Those takeaways did it all for us. I mean those turnovers did, did us away. Well
1: the it seemed like the offense the pass protection in general
2: was really good in the first half. Did they do anything differently in the second half or did you guys have to No, they they didn't do anything differently. Um, they just they had some missed blocks a couple times and uh was a couple times I felt like DeAndre could have stepped up in the pocket and not sit at the top of his drop and that that hurts the tackle when he does that and he's got to get better at pushing up in the pocket and take off and run when he do that but uh, sit back at the top of your drop and wait for a guy to get open uh, where we're we at right now we can't do that we got to understand that we got to hitch up and, and get rid of the ball they're not open that's why he's holding it so we got to take off <laughs> Despite the loss,
1: did you see signs of progress
2: today? I did, I did, and I guess that's why it's so it's is really frustrating. I did see a sign sign of progress. Um, um but we didn't finish, you know, we came here to win and we didn't win. Well, this was it seemed like
0: at least for
1: two and a half quarters, the best you guys have played by far all year, how do you avoid them getting down out after
2: I don't think our team will get down. I think these guys are really close, and and they bought into what we're doing. And, again, they they know we let one get away. We can't turn the ball over. That that killed us. So we don't turn the ball over. I don't think we're talking about that. So our guys know we got to take care of the football. And I told them, if we take care of the football, I don't care who we're playing, we're going to have a great chance of winning. And we would have had a great one here if we didn't didn't turn the ball over. Did
1: you ever consider going –
2: but well, we gotta we gotta get some work. We gotta correct some things, you know. Uh, we're not gonna hold our head down. It's okay to cry and all, but we're not gonna hold our head down. We're gonna we're gonna keep working and 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 find answers to some of the problems that we have, you know. And one of them, we can't turn the ball over, you know. We look at some most of the games that we we lost, it's that and, and sacks, and we gotta get better at that.
0: So you and I differ in our opinions on this. When I when I've looked at it, Keith, to me, it's horizontal at best. Uh, and maybe horizontal, period. I don't know that I'd say it went backwards, but to me it didn't go forward. But it's interesting if the official told coach they looked at it in the booth and it's not even close. I don't know how you could look at that and say it's not even close. But, again, my understanding, so if that's what was relayed to Willie, and I don't know for sure if he could have challenged in that situation, but why would you if the ref just told you it's not even close? You're going to lose a timeout. So then that, that means that the booth upstairs reviewed it and determined that they didn't need to kick it to Greensboro – for further review from where the ACC has its referee officiating headquarters, whatever it's called?
1: Well, what we don't know, and, and I don't know that we'll ever know, is that last part, Tom, because it was a scoring play, okay? Every scoring play gets reviewed. It gets reviewed at the booth at the stadium and gets reviewed in Greensboro. So I know Greensboro was looking at it. What we don't know, because we, we don't have the opportunity to ask, was, was the review... Uh, official, replay official in South Florida, did he or she have any communication with Greensboro? That's the part we don't know. Not to say that it even makes a difference, but one of the things that, that our listeners need to understand is because it was a scoring play, the truck was already set up to start reviewing it, and and those replays get put together very quickly, and the booth, Tommy, the replay booth could have seen four or five replays in, in 25 or 30 seconds. That's how quickly those things get put together and how quickly they're run. So it is conceivable that with the walkie-talkie, the communication with the referee, the replay official said, nope, nope, the flag's good, flag's the right call. That got relayed to Willie. I don't know if I would have accepted that. Now, that's Monday morning quarterbacking. I would have have asked for a formal review. I'd have thrown a tantrum and gotten a 15-yard penalty to make time go on. I'd have done something. I stole the referee's flag or something and made time available to do something uh, because it was such a, a a great call at such a great time. But that's just me, and I'm not a head coach, and I don't, I don't profess to be. But, uh, wow.
0: Uh, wow. It, it was a great call. We'll talk more about it on the, on the offensive uh, segment next segment. We'll hear from D.J. Matthews, who had a great game. Lost here in this uh, discussion is that the very next play, it was third and nineteen. And Florida State converted to D.J. Matthews, and so now they're in the red zone or just outside of it. Couldn't move it from there, but had a a 42, 43-yard field goal that was just for as good as Aguayo was on his other two kicks, completely missed that one. And I'm not putting this on him, but when you look at the final score, those three points matter. And I know Miami missed one as well.
1: Well, and if you make that one, you don't know how that changes Miami on their, their last drive or their next-to-last drive, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, you know, there, were, there there's a lot of mixed moving parts in there. Uh, I think the, the thing that is just disappointing is that Florida State played so well in that first half and, and were so close to maybe potentially putting Miami away uh, that it boiled down to that one play, which was a great call at the great time, executed great, just a little bit off, and that's what everybody's going to talk about.
0: Well, we've been down this road before. When you get into complaining about the officiating, it means you're simply not good enough to beat the team on on your own, so I, I don't like to, to get on the officials too much about it. That one just really was close. Hey, there's been a lot of changes in the banking uh, landscape lately. One local bank just sold after 100 years. Others are closing or consolidating branches. But there's one local bank you can count on. That is Prime Meridian Bank on the web at TryMyBank.com. We will continue and jump on the offensive side of the ball first uh, and discuss what happened and what didn't happen for Florida State uh, in uh, Saturday's uh, defeat to Miami. That's when we continue on Front Row Noles first look. Florida State falls by one at Miami. And, Keith, you detailed it. I mean, just about everybody in the free world thought Florida State was not going to compete Certainly not to the level they did, but then uh, it looked so much like Florida State was not only going to compete. I actually processed the thought at halftime and in the third quarter after DJ Matthews, and we had talked about it this week. I said, you know, nobody thought Jimbo and the and the Noles were going to win in his first year in 2010, and they walked away 45-17. And I, I really do think we're about one score away from sending the fans home, and and who knows what the game ends up. But that's the coulda, woulda, shoulda game. So let's let's look at the uh, the offense here. I thought that Willie called a great game. There are execution issues still. The, the double pass is one of them. And D.J. Matthews, who we'll hear from in a little bit, admitted that he probably needed to get more depth on it. Uh, that's easier said than done for the reasons you've already pointed out. But I think uh, you know that play was well set up. There were some, some uh, tight end screens to Trey McKitty. One worked in the first half, first drive for a big gain. The one that didn't was picked off
1: and was part of Miami's comeback. Well, three things jump out at me when you talk about Florida State's offense. Number one, the first drive. Um, Florida State won the toss, deferred. Kicked to Miami. It wasn't a three and out, but they held Miami. Miami had to punt. Florida State drives the ball all the way down the field and scores. Completely takes the crowd out of it, which is what you've got to do if you're an underdog playing on the road. Secondly, you talk about the the screens, and and particularly that that middle screen or delayed cross or whatever they call it to McKitty. It worked perfectly the first time. But hats off to Miami. They went in at halftime, made some adjustments. They said it worked the last time. They'll run it. They, in Florida State, will run it again. Here's what we want to do. Linebacker jumped it and picked it off. Uh, that was just great play on their part. And then thirdly, we talked about, you and I did on the pregame uh, show, that we got to have a big play in the special teams. You know, block a punt, return a kickoff, return a punt. And we got that. And, and, in fact, the punt return was very good, I thought, all game long. Uh, and and Florida State was able to do some things in switching field position and obviously score on that one. So you got all those three positive things going, which I'm a credit to the offense. You still have the issue of, of an offensive line that can't get enough push, a quarterback that either won't or can't make the proper read, and an, and, and an, and an inability to sustain any form of a running attack – other than to keep the defense honest. And I think we're just going to have to live with that all year long, it seems. Well, we're six games
0: in, so we're living with it. I have not seen a replay of the, you know, I'm on the field. You, if, if you're not distracted uh, working with the radio broadcast, can see some replays uh, just catching up. And what it, what it seems to be is that McKitty didn't help Francois on that interception, and he could have flattened out his route more, uh, which would have made the interception a much tougher play.
1: It would have made it a collision. McKitty was drifting upfield instead of coming square across, and that allowed the linebacker to step right in front of him. Uh, But, again, uh, hats off to Miami. That's a great play by Miami, not a bad play by uh, DeAndre.
0: The the punt returns, so obviously everybody remembers the touchdown that made it 27-7, but it was 10-7, and D.J. Matthews went about 40 yards or whatever and set up the short field that got it to 17-7 on the touchdown pass to Terry. So he really was good. One of the life's great mysteries is how in the world he wasn't returning punts all season last year for Florida State, but we don't have to have that conversation
1: again. Uh, that's the reality of it. But his numbers were strong. Five returns, 145 yards, 74 was the long with the touchdown. Uh, I can't do the math real quick in my head, but I think that's somewhere around 29 yards of return.
0: D.J. Matthews, uh, a big factor in this game, not just the punt returns, but obviously he threw the, the ball that uh, – uh, the, the touchdown pass that was taken off the board so here's my conversation with uh, DJ Matthews after the tough lead defeat. DJ you obviously have had plenty of success on the punt returns as you were preparing this week did it look like you guys had some holes and opportunities there because you made it happen on the returns a few times.
3: Uh, yeah um, coach emphasized that we're gonna be more of a return team rather than blocking team so we Monday we we'll started Sunday after our game against Louisville Um Special team coach took it in consideration, and we just made it happen. That's what we've been working on all week.
0: Walk me through the punt return for a touchdown. It puts you guys up
3: 27-7. I think I, like, caught it, maybe froze the defender. Uh, seeing the crease. just cut my wheels on.
0: You've been uh, using that freeze trick a little bit, but it seems to keep working. I mean, where'd you pick that up?
3: Um, that's just something I always did playing football growing up. You know, just felt like it was just a way for me to get myself open you know, slow the defender down.
0: The double pass that, uh, you know, the touchdown that was taken away, uh, I know you stepped back when you caught it. I mean, in your mind, was it was it a backwards pass, the first one, too close to call? Or just, just kind of tell me what your responsibility is and, and how that played out in your mind.
3: Um, I probably should have got a little more depth. I'm not sure. We would probably look at it on film. You know, it supposed to be a backwards pass, but I stepped back. I, I, I think – i just can't wait to see it on film i think i stepped back i think it was a backwards pass
0: the, you know you guys played so well but you're on the wrong end by a point you know almost the opposite of what happened last week when you came back at the end so how do you take something positive from this in that you came down most people weren't giving you a shot you played them to one point uh, and now you've got two weeks until your next one but you need to build from this even though it's emotionally draining right now
3: um i think the guys came out and fought good today i think as a whole, as one unit, we got better as a team. Um, I seen fight. I didn't see quit and nobody, even when we knew we were going to lose the game. I seen. I just seen a lot. I seen a lot from our O-line. They, they finally showed people that they can do it. Um, I seen a lot from our quarterbacks, receivers, defense especially, stepped up and played a big game. But back to O-line, I, I feel like they played tremendously good from what they have been playing.
0: And you heard him, uh, as I mentioned earlier, he he admitted that uh, he probably needed a little bit more depth. But, I mean, it's hard for for the reasons you explained. You can't get much more than I just thought it was really well sequenced in that they had just run the bubble to the right side of the field. So now you come back, it looks like the exact same play to the left. And uh, you talk about inches, that's really what it was.
1: It really really was. And, and you know, again, Coach Taggart, uh, anyone else that's been around the, the the football game, college professional or otherwise will tell you, You know, in theory, one play does not make or break a ball game. Uh, But that particular one, that particular time, I think it was the equivalent of five or six plays in terms of its importance. And and oh, but for a few inches, what difference it would have made. We talked about the McKitty, tight end screen and the
0: interception. But prior to that, there was a a sack fumble caused by Miami. And, uh, you know, Florida State's offensive line has struggled. The tackles have struggled. But Coach Taggart in, in the postgame, uh, he, he came out and admitted that, that DeAndre has got to have more pocket awareness to step up, and he's got to have a clock in his head. You know, if you're back there, you know, and, and, and you get to, to, to two or three scans and
1: nobody's open, you got to go because you're about to get hit. Coach Taggart, like most coaches, d- d- does not want to publicly uh, criticize his starting quarterback much. By his mere uh, mentioning that, Uh, tells me that they are constantly uh, working and encouraging DeAndre to get a little better with that clock in his head. Um, He was sacked six times. I would say at least two of them were on him, maybe three. Um, And and one of the interesting things about statistics, Tommy, (coughs) pardon me, is if you look at the total offense in the third quarter, neither team moved the ball. I think Miami had 36 or 38 yards. Uh, Florida State might have had 50. But because of the turnovers and the short field, and FSU had some sacks against Miami, uh, against Perry, that took the yardage off. But you know they scored those two quick touchdowns on those quick turnovers uh, because they had a short field. Uh, I don't know what Florida State's defense is supposed to do about that. Yeah, it would have been great if it could have held them to maybe to a field goal or something. And, and both of the touchdown passes were, were very well thrown. In fact, the first one, uh, Florida State's defender defended it and they went right back to the same one, and that time they executed. If he was a baseball player, he'd be hitting 500, and making 100 million a year. Then after that last turnover, a deep route in which uh, Perry showed that he he can put a touch on the ball through a perfect ball, uh, in order for that score to come into play. Um, it's just an anomaly about the statistics because you would think Miami had two or three hundred yards in that quarter. They only had about 36.
0: Well, in the time of possession, you know, this has been a pattern that's, that's happened all year, and that is because the offense is struggling, the defense is having to be on the field more than you would want, and whether they're going to admit it or not, they're wearing down by the end of some games. You know, if you look at the last series for Miami – Florida State's pretty much gassed when they needed to stop to get the ball back for the offense. One of the things here, though, that that skewed the numbers a little bit is that Florida State lost a possession because there was a punt return for a touchdown. So that's however many yards of offense you would have gotten on that drive, and it's two or three or four minutes of clock, and that's part of the reason that got skewed. Um, I'm trying to think of other things offensively. Uh, The Landon Landon Dickerson, you know, we hadn't seen him at practice all week. Word comes out just before kick that he didn't even travel, and, and we're hearing that it, you know, it, it may, I don't know what the long-term prognosis is, but I'm hearing that it's probably not good.
1: It very quietly, and obviously Florida State, like none of the schools in the ACC, are not releasing injury information this year uh, by agreement of the head coaches uh, like they did last year. We're just hearing rumblings that it, it, it it's kind of like when you go to a review and the review takes a long time. It's probably because they're fixing to overturn something and they got to reset the clock, and where does the ball go? So the longer that review works, the more it's likely to be an overturn. We're just hearing vibes, whatever they are, and the the looks, and I can't talk about it, and the rumblings that that Landon's going to be out for a while. Uh, Now, is that uh, three weeks? Is that uh, that five weeks? I I don't know, Uh, but it's not going to be a a quick return. Uh, Kelly came back and played uh, a couple of series, gave up a sack, and uh, immediately got benched again, I think his is not so much uh willingness and attitude. I think he's still struggling to get back from that knee injury, but it's just the reoccurring theme that we keep talking about that uh forest State's offensive line is just it's it, that's the way it is
0: we've said this I feel like on every show, but you have to understand that what Taggart's offense is predicated on is the play action game, and that's why the routes are more vertical and you need extra time from the quarterback. But when you get to a point where you have either DeAndre's more comfortable or he's healthy or you have a mobile quarterback executing the read option and you're running the ball more successfully, then because of the play action you're going to have time, guys will come open and you'll hit some of those passes.
1: Exactly right. And it's, it's all based on that offensive line being able to execute and you being able to get some yardage in the running game. And when that goes away, it just complicates everything.
0: And that's where we are right now. We're going to go away momentarily, but we'll come back and talk about the defensive effort. Florida State falls to Miami 28-27. to Stay with us here on Front Row Knowles' first look. Miami 28, Florida State 27. Another nail-biter. This one goes to the Canes. Knowles played better than expected. I, I, do, uh, I do think the defense, we, we, this is a recurring theme too, Keith. I, I think the defense is better maybe than what they get credit for. Ultimately, the statistics are what they are. So they, you know, they rank when you adjust the metrics. I'd say top third nationally. You know, uh, the the bottom part of the top third. But they're getting worn down because the offense is not keeping the ball enough. And if you look at at Saturday's game, they had two short fields. Uh, two of the touchdowns they gave up were on fourth down, which are extra plays. I know you got to defend fourth down too. Uh, but I thought all told, they they played pretty well.
1: Well, Florida State held Miami to just a little over two yards per rush. 46 rushes, 102 yards. Obviously, that factors in the sacks. They had five sacks. I thought, in particular, the defensive tackles had an outstanding game. Uh, Wilson, uh, Jones, uh, Christmas. I-, I thought they made some unbelievable plays uh, in the interior of that, what was up until that point a pretty good running attack by uh, Miami. Um, Perry was 13 of 32, well below 50%. He did throw for 200 yards and had four TDs, but, uh, a lot of that I think was sudden change. And particularly on those two turnovers, when he scored on passes, uh, on, on one of them on fourth down that, you know, it kind of got set up nicely for him. And he, he did deliver good balls in that case. Uh, I thought the defense played well enough to win. I was very pleased. Uh, I would have, I would have told you that if we could hold Miami to 2.1, 2.2 yards, per rush, keeping right around 300 yards of total offense where you were, that you'd have a real good shot at winning this ballgame. I think your observation was also 100% right on. Miami controlled the ball nine more minutes than Florida State, almost 10 minutes more than Florida State, around 13 more plays. That's just hard on a defense. And at some point in time, particularly and almost all the time in the latter part of the game, you're going to wear down. And, and that's basically what happened.
0: We'll get to the secondary in a minute. Let's listen to a conversation I had with Brian Burns. I I thought Burns played well, too. I mean, up front, Florida State did a nice job in this game. Uh, Here's that conversation with uh, one of Florida State's stars. Brian, obviously it's, uh, you know, emotionally devastating to to lose something like that. Uh, Let's go back and and, and just focus on what the defense did as a whole. It seemed like at the line of scrimmage, man, you guys up front were, were tough today. I mean, they wound up with 300 total yards. How were you guys able to have some success against that Miami offensive front and shut down the running game?
3: We played with our technique, played what we were taught to do, and had success every day. We practiced on the same, the same techniques, the same
0: scheme, same plan, and we just went out and executed. What challenges did their quarterback present for you? I know you batted down some passes. You guys got him uh, on the ground a few times. Um, I mean, he was he was pretty poised in the, in, the, in the pocket. Uh, he didn't he didn't scramble
3: too much. But I mean, at the times he did scramble. He did hurt us, but um, other than that,
0: we, we, pretty, we pretty much kept him contained for the most part. How difficult is it to have to contend with a short field, which you guys did a couple times there when momentum shifted in the third quarter? Yeah, I mean, that's pretty tough, but our job is to stop them from scoring no matter where they're at on
3: the field. So, I mean, at the end of the day, we can't give up TDs. We, we got to hold them to the field goals if that's, if that's the case, if they're that close. Or even as they did, they missed the field
0: goal. We affected it. So we have to do that every time, no matter where we are on the field. As emotionally uh, draining as this is and as disappointing as it is, how do you make this a positive that this team went, went toe-to-toe with a pretty good Miami team today and build on it?
3: Um, you just learn from your mistakes. Ball security is a must. I mean, we, they, they brought out that change too many times. But uh, other than that, I feel like this team made some strides today just
0: by not giving up. But we got to finish better. That's, that's the main thing. We have to finish better. So we heard both Brian and DJ talk about uh, how to make take something positive away from this, and we can develop that theme in our, in our last segment. But I want to go uh, to the secondary, your old stomping grounds, and uh, kind of go through these. So the, the first touchdown of the game, which tied it at seven, was a fourth down play, slot receiver, uh, wide open. What did you see there was on the uh, freshman Asante Samuels uh, Jr. was in coverage
1: there? Uh, he got beat. <laughs> uh, it's not more scientific than that. He's a freshman. And uh, Miami's receivers were big. They went six four, six five. 6'5". Uh, they had pretty good speed. Uh, a couple of the smaller backs, which they used on uh, punt returns and kickoff returns, had blazing speed. But the, the receivers are, are okay. Uh, that particular play was just uh, one that uh, Samuels got beat. That's going to happen occasionally. Uh, I think maybe the more important thing to, to remember is we saw some folks running wild at Louisville uh, when we focused in on the safety play and how there were vertical threats that weren't getting picked up. Uh, they went a lot more man-to-man, didn't do a lot of blitzing man-to-man, but they went a lot more man-to-man against Miami. And, and what ended up happening is you were losing personal battles uh, particularly with the young corners, uh, when they either couldn't or wouldn't get their head back around and find the fo- football, locate the football. And, again, give Perry credit. He wasn't accurate all the time, but on at least two of those touchdown passes, he threw a very nice ball, the only place that uh, his receiver could go and get it.
0: I think you do have to give Miami some credit here because two of the touchdowns came against freshman corners. So, obviously, they're seeing that upstairs, and they're they're making those calls uh I think. I mean, I don't know that for sure, but I would think because most of the routes they were or or, or the throws they were asking their quarterback to make were one on one. They were, they just about all of them were outside, easier read type stuff. Um, They also got the the go ahead score. Uh, I guess their tight end was flexed out wide, and that left to Kalen Brooks in coverage. But Kyle Myers, you're talking about uh, DBs getting their head around. Kyle had a rough day, and to this point, he's been Florida State's best corner. Um, You played safety, not corner. But what is what did Kyle fail to do
1: on Saturday in terms of getting his head around? How should he know to get his head around? Well, two things. Number one, uh, you always want to fight for what we call leverage. You don't want the receiver to get ahead of you because then the ball can be dropped in over the top. Uh, it's all, sometimes virtually impossible to defend. So you want to fight. Remember, you don't have the contact after five-yard rule in college. So as long as the ball's not in the air, you can be hand fighting uh, with these guys and, and – one of the things that I always remember, Bobby Butler, first-round draft pick of the Falcons, uh, played 12 years in the league. One of the things that he did in man-to-man coverage is when somebody was fixing to move away from him, he would literally beat them with that outside arm against their chest or against their hip to, to knock them off stride or to, to to leverage them or leverage himself where he can stay up with them. Uh, I, don't, I don't see a lot of that happening, and that may be because you know, 30 years later, 35 years later, they're teaching a different technique. I'd have to sit down with Harlan and have him explain it to me uh, so I can make sure I understand what they're being taught. The bigger thing, which you've picked up a couple of times, is that when the ball's in the air and you're trailing, as soon as that receiver's hands start going up, you've got to find a way to get your head back around and locate the football. It is okay sometimes, to just wait for the receiver's hands to go up and then try to judge when to put your hands up or when to slap his hands. But the bottom line is it's much easier to know when to do that when you get your head back around. And uh, that was not done on either on any of those plays. And, and, and that's the one part uh, where, again, to be fair, I'd like for Harlan to sit down with me and hopefully I can make that time at some point in the future and have him take me through what they're being taught uh, so that I more fully understand. But keeping leverage, not letting the receiver get ahead of you, and then getting your head back around and locating the football are two fundamental things that that we don't seem to do well at times in our defensive backfield.
0: So Florida State, with the loss, is 3-3. Three three. We're at the halfway point of the season, 3-3. Three and three. They're an average football team right now. I would suggest that in my mind, and we'll develop this next segment, uh, I do feel like we've seen progress each of the last three weeks, because when we left Syracuse three weeks ago, Keith, I don't know that anybody felt very good about where anything was headed. And, and, uh, there was some progress against Northern Illinois. There was more progress at Louisville. And despite the end result, there was progress against Miami.
1: Well, th- this is the best ball game that Florida States played all year. Uh, and, and Miami is a good ball club. Uh, they're a top 20 club. Uh, I don't know if they're a top 10 club. We'll wait and see how their uh, new quarterback, uh, develops but they're a good top 20 ball club you're playing in a hostile environment and a big rivalry game you're, you're playing a lot of young kids uh this was a good ball game for florida state we're disappointed some of us are angry or, or mad at the officials for the reasons we've documented but um uh, this was a good outing for florida state i'm not disappointed or, or um, mad in any way shape form or fashion with the way the kids performed
0: As we go to break, I'll remind you that if you're shopping for a local bank, you should check out Prime Meridian Bank on the web at TryMyBank.com, longtime supporters of Front Row Knowles. We'll come back, uh, look ahead to the bye week and uh, the second half of the season when we continue momentarily. Back on Front Row Knowles, first look, Coach Taggart said after the game that obviously uh, this was when he was talking to Gene Deckerhoff, this one will sting for a while. You know, you'd want to go into your bye on a win. Uh, you're never going to hear a coach say it's a bad time for a bye overall, though. But I, I do think this, Keith, um, that was so emotional, potentially. You and I have been around this for a while, so we've been through emotional Florida State-Miami games. A lot of guys on that team, they've been through last year and this year now. Uh, I, I, to me, having an extra week is probably a good thing to, to to get past it.
1: Well, it's also the time of year we talk about injuries and we talk about how the offensive line has been injured. Uh, you know, there's a lot of kids playing with hurts, you know, sometimes you have to play hurt, uh, and this bye week gives their bodies a little bit of time to um, heal up and uh, a little time off uh, in terms of rest, uh, a mental break uh, to go along with it. Uh, obviously, if you had won the ball game, uh, you'd be sitting in a different mental frame. But uh, this this group's been resilient. I've been impressed with how they have fought back through uh, some of the negative things that have happened. Uh, I'm, as I mentioned, pleased, very pleased with their effort against Miami. I thought it was a great effort. Uh, It's just disappointing and sad that you you came up short. Uh, But that's the way college football is. And that's, you know, as our parents told us and our grandparents told us, that's the way life is sometimes. So you pick yourself up, you dust yourself off, and you get back at it. You're halfway through. You're 3-3. and You've got to get at least three more wins to be bowl eligible and keep that streak alive. And obviously you've got some opportunities to play spoiler uh, with some of the other teams that you've got coming up, most notably Clemson and, and Notre Dame, which will be highly ranked. Uh, so um, it is what it is. You go forward. NC State's unbeaten right
0: now, too. So the second half of that schedule loaded up in Florida. Got a big win over LSU. So it's, it's, it's really going to be loaded, the back half of the schedule. Well, let's do this. Normally what you do in a bye week, and I don't know what Coach Taggart's schedule will be as as we're recording this, uh, You know, the, the kids will get some downtime that they don't have during a normal week. But you'll still get three or four practices in. And typically, uh, if you're doing any game planning for the next opponent, it's very minimal and you have it more incorporated into cleaning up fundamentals and that sort of thing. So my main question is, when you look at some of the read option stuff or the bubbles, and we've seen Florida State get better at this. I mean, we haven't seen pre-snap penalties for being lined up wrong since week one or two. So they've cleaned a lot of this up. But how much improvement can be made by getting three or four extra days focusing on fundamentals. With the backdrop of Coach Taggart, uh, and he's said this in recent weeks, he really feels like the offense is close.
1: Well, in, in a normal week, you're going to spend a, a, you know, half, maybe a little more than half of your time on game planning. So you're going to be running the plays that the staff believes are the ones you're going to have to run during the game. Well, during the off week, you can go back, and all you've got to do is run your basic plays, which is back to your point. Uh, work on the RPO, work on the read option, work on the bubble screens, the tunnel screens, uh, you know, work on uh, fundamentals and techniques of getting that running game going. You're not having to practice the plays that you're going to need in the game. You're able to practice the plays that you need reps at to get better at. And so uh, I think they'll spend, obviously, the majority of their time working on those types of fundamental things. And your question was, how much improvement can you make? I mean, it won't necessarily be dramatic, but you can certainly get better at doing the basics because you've had two or three days, uh, you know, to do nothing but the basics.
0: Talking about the bumps and bruises, uh, it occurs to me that with Logan Tyler uh, being being dinged, pretty good time for a bye week for him.
1: No question. Uh, he is a, a pretty interesting athlete. Uh, I, I had not spent a lot of time with him until this year. Uh, but he he looks like a defensive back. You know, normally your kickers, uh, you know, are, are kind of slender and, and scrawny, and and uh, people make fun of them because they're not that athletic. Uh, uh, but but he's a pretty doggone good little athlete, and he showed some some speed, and he stuck his neck in there and, and his his head in there a couple of times on some tackles, and that's what hurt him. Uh, I believe again, Florida State doesn't release the details, but uh, you know, I think he's got a, a groin type of issue. Uh, because uh, you saw uh, Aguayo was handling kickoff duties. Logan continued to punt, but uh, Aguayo was uh, doing the kickoffs uh, because you get bigger, you know, more leg extension when you're trying to kick the ball off. Um, but I, I was impressed with what he did. He had a great uh, afternoon punting the football, and uh, he was certainly a big part of why Florida State was close in the end.
0: Second half of the schedule again, you get the bye week, and then you get Wake Forest and, and Clemson, and, you, and you're right into it. What do you uh, – what, what's your thoughts on whether this is a good or bad time for a buy when you're coming off an emotional loss? I mean, the, the flip side of that would be let's just get back out there and get the bad taste out of our no, mouth.
1: I, I think this is a good time. I think the, the, the kids are tired uh, maybe more mentally than physically. I think, and no disrespect to Wake Forest, but, uh, you know, that's a game that you'll probably be favored. Uh, Wake's defense has not been uh, particularly stout, uh, at least through the, the first half of their season. Uh, so offensively you should be able to get some things rolling. Uh, as long as your defense continues to perform like they are uh, you 're basically a tune up game uh, as you get ready for Clemson, which is going to be another all out um, it's a become it 's become the ACC rivalry game uh, at least in, in in the near term uh, for the conference uh, so you get wake a game you should be able to uh, win and then you get an opportunity to entertain Clemson and see what happens I'm
0: trying to think what else we need to clean up from the loss to miami I mean uh, we obviously talked about the Illegal forward pass. you uh, got to do a play of the game. And I have a sneaking uh, suspicion I know what this one might be,
1: so I'll let you get that out of the way. It, it's not a lot of uh, mystery here, is it? It's time now for our prime performance of the game. And, of course, it goes to the punt return by D.J. Matthews, 74-yard return and an overall great day returning the ball uh, in the punting game. Five punt returns, average 29 uh, per return. That particular one was 74 yards and a big touchdown for Florida State. Prime Meridian Bank, they're my bank, and this year they're celebrating 10 years serving Tallahassee, Crawfordville, and the surrounding area. Outstanding client service, convenience tools like mobile and remote deposit, and one of the top-rated mortgage teams in Leon County. Not sure about your bank? Try Tallahassee's hometown bank. Prime Meridian Bank, on the web at trymybank.com. You commented
0: on the defensive tackles. This is the first time I've actually looked at the stat sheet uh, in in terms of the tackles. And and Marvin Wilson and DeMarcus Christmas were third, tied for second and then third in the team in tackles. That's before the coaches go back and grade. And you don't normally see tackles uh, have those kind of numbers, so that really speaks to the kind of day they had.
1: In the perfect world, your tackles are taking up space and keeping the center and guards off of your linebackers, and your linebackers should be the ones actually recording the stops. Uh, our stat sheets don't have the tackles for loss, but I'll bet you uh, between Florida State's four rotating tackles, uh, they must have had six or seven tackles for loss. That's a big, big outing and a huge performance by those uh, interior linemen.
0: You know, I'm looking at the red zones, and Florida State was two of two. And I haven't looked at it in recent weeks, but it, it was abysmal, say, week one in, uh, against Virginia Tech I'm losing track after that, but I know the last three or four weeks, it's it's been cleaned up pretty good, and it's 2-2 two two with, uh, uh, you know, you want touchdowns, not field goals. But overall, they've gotten better in that area.
1: Well, one of the reasons is that uh, Ricky Aguayo has gotten consistent. He didn't miss one uh, in the game against Miami, but he hit, a, I think, a career-long 54-yarder uh, right there at the half, which really swung momentum because Florida State received the opening kickoff in the second half, and, you know, we we were taught and and drilled into us by by Jimbo that you want to win that last possession of the first half and then receive the ball and win the first possession of the the third quarter, and and that's a recipe for victory, and uh, Florida State did a pretty good job of doing that in this game.
0: As I look deeper, the two opportunities were both touchdowns, both touchdown passes, uh, the one to Gavin and the one to Terry, both 17 yards, so that was the two for two in the red zone. You know, another thing I've, I've uh, we've had some conversation about, we saw it last week, saw it again today, uh, Florida State is not drawing the flags when it looks like their receivers are getting held coming across the middle. So uh, is that a matter of having long conversations with the officials before the game to say, hey, watch this? Is it a matter of teaching your receivers to be
1: actors uh, when it happens? I, I think it's more of the former. Um, and, and I know Coach Taggart was unbelievably upset on one particular no call uh, that would should have would would have given Florida State a first down and should have been defensive holding on uh, Trey uh, and to the point where during a timeout he called the referee over and and you were there uh, I think he was polite in what he was saying but he was very forceful in what he was saying um, I, I don't know how you change that Tommy um, other than you know making sure you in your pregame uh, discussion. You talk about these are the types of plays that we run. Remember this is that and that's that. And please pay attention. We're going to be running some some routes over the middle. And in the past, our kids have been getting held up and, and literally being held, and there's nobody there to call it and nobody looking for it. Can you please look for it and, if appropriate, drop the flag?
0: Coaches do have those conversations with officials. They also let them know about trick plays. So I'd be interested to know, for example, if you get that double pass set up, and we'll finish on this, just so you guys know, we're going to have a double pass in here, and it's going to look forward, but it's going to be horizontal, and uh, you might want to look closely at that. Well, I, I don't know if that conversation happened. I don't
1: know how extensive. I'm not. I'm never part of those conversations, but I'm told that they do happen, I, and I know they happen now. Whether Coach Taggart and his staff is having them, I don't know because I've not asked Willie specifically about it. I'll, I'll, I'll mention one other thing that will irritate you, and, and probably most of our listeners because you you mentioned it twice now about it being horizontal. Well, if it's horizontal, it's a forward pass. In order for it to be a legal backward pass, it has to go backwards. It cannot be perpendicular, and it cannot be ahead. And I'm not saying they're good enough to know that that's what it was, but that's another one of the quirky things about the the college game, uh, about rules and that type of thing. Uh, and I go back to my comment we had in the first, man. What what a great call! How great it was executed, and just by that much it was off, and potentially Florida State could have it. Could've, it could have been a runaway if that if that score holds.
0: You're right. You irritated me. Good to know. We'll continue the discussion on Wednesday, <laughs> folks. Six o'clock. He's Keith. I'm Tom. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day.